everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we were watching the TV show Lost in reverse order from the last episode to the first episode, or as we like to say here, we have to go back words with uh, one of our hosts, Chad Wago, and he's never seen Lost before. I have never seen Lost before, and I have definitely never seen Lost in this place. Uh, thank you for that lovely introduction, David K. Jones. Uh, we are watching Lost now, actually, in your brand new place. Yeah. And uh, we are also watching it with the uh, same old friend, AJ Nieves. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me, your same old friend. Some of your friends change. They grow up, they get younger, they get older. Do your friends get younger? Probably. Anyway, with <laughs> That's me... That's what I like about friends, is you get older, <laughs> but they stay the same age. <laughs> That's what I know about friends. Yeah. Friends are immortal. And friends are <laughs> friends forever, if the Lord is a Lord of them. Anyway, that's a reference for people that live in Hawaii, I guess. Um, I'm AJ, and welcome to another episode of What's Up With That Bro. This week, we're considering um, Season 2 episode, the 23rd Psalm. So just a quick summary and breakdown of the episode. Um, it's the 10th episode of the second season of Lost and the 35th produced hour of the series. Um, when Echo finds Charlie's Virgin Mary statue, he demands that he be taken to where he had found it. Elsewhere on the island, Michael continues to communicate on the Swan computer without the other survivors knowing. So they kind of give us a little bit of a B story, but we're kind of mostly immersed in the uh, A story, which yeah. is... An echo story tonight. And really, the, the most important parts of the episode are all in his flashbacks. Oh, yeah. 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 Is this like a Rashomon thing? Because I feel like the other episode of, of It echo... covered a lot of the same ground yeah. with yeah. Echo and his brother. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about this compared to the last Echo episode? Uh, I really like this one. I think I might have actually liked it more because it's uh, more... Well, uh, first off... It relies less on uh, Echo hallucinating his ghost brother. And this time, it's about his actual memories of what it was. And it also explains to us, you know, how how he came to be... Like, it's literally his origin story. How he became Mr. Echo. Yeah. Rather than just being Echo. Yeah. The actual origin of that is because he shot an old dude in the <laughs> face. Yeah. And that's... If that's all you have to do to become to get the uh, the prefix Mister, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I've killed zero people, yeah. or so I think I've killed. And that's zero why people. we never call you Mister AJ. True. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, by next week you're going to be calling me Mister AJ. Oh. I oh, will God. have murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I have what I would have struck it out and murdered an innocent. You know, for the yeah. sake of saving my brother, probably. We don't necessarily know that old guy was innocent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they targeted that guy. They went straight for him when they came into the village, so. Yeah. What if that he guy What if that guy was the most evil guy in the village, and they actually did that village a favor? Yeah, what if he, he was, like, molesting all those kids? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know if we're coming down on the right <laughs> angle that the episode was slanting, but I love, I love where this is going. This episode was written by... Carlton Cuse and Damien Lindelof. And Damien Lindelof, if you notice, over the span of loss that we've covered so far on the show, and um, just generally in his other works, it, he has like a fascination with religion, like a preoccupation with it in a way, where like a lot of the themes and ideas, and it seems kind of almost like it's a lot of his pondering on what religion is, what it's supposed to represent. And I feel like we get a good representation of... Um, the, the general idea of religion. And um, this episode is not short on, on 
navigating a person who is religious and maybe non-religious. I'm I'm not a Catholic. I wasn't born or raised or 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 familiar with the religion too much, but don't they have like two mortal sins that they can't like that they can't repent for? Because normally you go and see the priest in the in the um in the church, right? Yeah, and you make your confession. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> this would have benefited if we had a, a guest on the show that was yeah. Catholic. But it, nonetheless, re, li, like listeners, reach out to us if you're if you might have if you have some familiarity. Yeah. With, with or tech. if you just have suggestions for sins that would be unforgivable, <laughs> just tweet them at us with hashtag. Yeah. Like uh, smoking on the toilet. Yes. Hashtag uh, unforgivable Whoa. sins. Whoa. How is that unforgivable? <laughs> yeah. What's so bad about that? <laughs> well, it's two bad smells in one house. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... but one covers up the other one. It's... And it, it, it uh, helps to, you know, move everything through your system. I don't think I, I don't. Rules. I don't smoke. <laughs> I don't smoke indoors. Uh, like I used to. Yeah. Uh, back in like uh, high school and like a little bit afterwards. Uh, when I would smoke in the house, like that was my favorite smoke. Would you smoke on the toilet? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Really? It's like, oh, I'm gonna shit. Might as well light up a cigarette. <laughs> and do you ash in the sink or in the toilet, just between your legs when you do? Oh uh, no, I, I I would have an ashtray on the counter next uh... to me. Oh my god. Okay, I got a story for you guys. <laughs> this is gonna be terrible. But oh, is it how you ashed on your balls? <laughs> it's similar. I uh, okay. So I keep I keep um, wooden matches in in our bathroom at my house, mm-hmm. and um, you know when I'm in there, I just I, I light them up. You know. So my wife hates the idea that we have wooden matches. They're like, I hate that smell. Why do we have it? <laughs> One day, I decided to like strike a match while I was taking a shit. That match fell onto my balls, <laughs> burned the shit out of my balls. So it, like, the, it, coming at it from the perspective of my wife, she's like in the other room reading a book or something like that. And then all you hear is like your husband yelping on the toilet. She's like, "Is everything okay? Is everything okay?" I was like, "I burnt my balls," and it, sh- it was just met. With a confused what? Like, my wife just went, wait. It was one of those, like, wait, what? What What do you mean you burnt your balls? Like, I was I was using the match to get rid of the smell, and it fell, and it fell directly onto my balls. My wife was like, well, that's going to change things for later. And it did. That's the end of the story. <laughs> did she use that incident to convince you to stop lighting matches in the bathroom? No, Oddly, no. She was just like, well... I don't care for the for the the match smell. My wife is way way better than me. Like she'll put potpourri or maybe like some scented candles in there. Me, I'm just <laughs> like get strike. We're striking a wooden match, like a man does, and then like uh, you know, yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my not smoking on a toilet story. But that's me lighting a match that burnt my balls yeah. on the toilet story. Did it stay lit when it was falling? It was did. It like a flame on your balls. It was like a red coal, oh, and okay. it just like and you know what's crazy is like I I had like this outer moment outside myself where like <laughs> I couldn't get the match off, and it sat on my balls for like a good half like a quarter second or something. Like you know, immediately yeah. you get up and you're like, yeah. I got to get this off of me. It's hurting, and I was just like, I I remember like. Uh, standing off the toilet and dusting myself, but it, that that match stayed in place. <laughs> so your boy had some burnt up balls. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> also, I imagine that uh, suddenly standing mid poop also <laughs> not great. Yeah, not the greatest. It could have been worse, but by that point, you know, all the business was done. I think I had like. <laughs> 
let's let's let's, let's be nice for our, our listeners i think i evacuated right before the uh for the fucking <laughs> for the match like that was the that was All the, secret. the troops were deployed <laughs> uh no but getting back to the idea of of mortal sin like this the I, what, I, what what do you think the uh two mortal sins are yeah. i think it's i i don't know but if i had to throw out a guess i would think it's it's murder. One's got to be murder, right? Yeah. It's got to be murder. One is murder, and maybe another one is, I would say, maybe some kind of apostasy or something like you, like you're you're very anti-church or you're very anti-God, yeah. and you know you you probably. Well, I mean, like the first two commandments, right? For number one, no God before me. Number two, don't kill. Yeah. 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 So that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I don't. I, I. I. Again, I don't know. So. I mean, those aren't my favorite commandments, but they're the first two. <laughs> yeah. They're not the top two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I would think it's murder, but I. I have no idea. But um. I think the mortal sin would probably be like killing someone, but like not just killing them, but doing like a mortality on them, a fatality. <laughs> be like if they're spying out or something. That would be like a mortal. A mortal combat sin. That's amazing. Yeah. It, <laughs> You've been hit with mur- mor- mortal sin, mortal sinality, mortality, mortality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, but um, I don't know. I I was loving the religious imagery that we had throughout this episode, and the the the, the tie-in and the function that it had within the story. Like we we have our starting our 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 origin story like like you mentioned Chad with a uh, boy echo here yeah. mr echo formally yeah. formally no formally boy echo becomes mr echo yeah. in that intro scene um i don't know what you guys make of that that what is it like a militia just a roving a roving band of marauders or whatever comes into the town bandits i guess yeah bandits yeah. probably working for a warlord yeah yeah, trying to recruit some child soldiers. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy that that exists in this world. You know, like uh, I feel like being a part of yeah. this country, what we get to experience is so different than some of the the malice and the uh, the general you know terribleness that 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 that, that this really happens. Yeah. You know, they're drawing on from from uh, I guess you know from real world information that yeah, we have. I mean, this was from like two thousand six or so. Just six years before for Coney Coney twenty twelve, which ah, I never saw that city. video, but I remember it being a thing. Oh, what is this? Um, it was like an African warlord who was running for president. I don't know. I didn't see the video. Oh, no, I something think, to do I with think, something. With I think twenty twelve yeah. was uh, the year that it was like, oh, we're gonna stop him this year. Ah, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't remember how people on the internet that just uh, <laughs> wrote things hashtag Coney twenty twelve. How exactly they were planning on stopping him by doing that? Maybe it was just an awareness campaign, like Susan G. Komen in Breast uh, Cancer. Oh, yeah. I see. Because that's how she does is awareness. Yeah. Uh, that's what most of your money that you donate to Susan G. Komen goes to. Donate to a better uh, uh, breast cancer charity. Like yeah. uh, My personal favorite is uh, Best Breast Cancer Research Foundation. It's called Best Breast Cancer? No, uh, <laughs> that was me stuttering. Oh, sorry. I was about to say, like... Because I almost said Best Cancer. No. Oh, <laughs> that was a way for them to, like, be singular. And, like, there's there's a lot of breast cancer foundations you could give to. Yeah. But wouldn't you want to give to the best? Yeah, you really should be giving to the best one. <laughs> it would be great if it's just the just you putting best in the name is, <laughs> is all it took. Best yeah. Breast Cancer Research Foundation. 
Like, oh, God, I've been such an asshole. This whole time I've been giving to Good Breast Cancer Foundation. I should have been giving to the best. I was giving to mediocre Susan G. King. <laughs> uh, um, oh, but, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, by the way. Oh, yeah, right. that, that's yeah. why I brought it on. I didn't even think about that. Oh, okay. Well, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. it's October. Uh, uh, it's time for everything to be pink and uh, for... Uh, yeah, that's that's about all they do. <laughs> Everyone just starts wearing pink stuff. Maybe uh, make some commercials. Sell a couple of yogurt cups. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Do a 5K. What do you guys make of the relationship that we see on screen between Yemi and Echo? I feel like if one brother is a minor warlord and the other brother is a priest, like that's actually... More loving than one would expect, I think. More loving? In what sense? In that uh, Yemi would still even welcome him into the church. Mm. Even though he said, I'm not going to do what you want me to do because you're actually kind of an awful person. Uh, I still love you. Like a lot of times I would feel like, "Mm," he might not even be like, ah, Echo, yeah, come in. Yeah. 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 I think if he wasn't a priest, he probably would be less welcoming but as a priest he's like oh man i gotta do this well, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm wondering like um we see echo come to yemi with the uh the offer like yo i gotta move these drugs and it's it's interesting to me that that echo tries to put a spin on it with his brother like and i don't know if 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 he thought that this would work uh where yemi would would be rallied to his his viewpoint but um or if he just, you know, because Echo, you know, based on what we see in the episode, straight from the beginning, that he has love for his brother. And he's not going to come in because he could have easily torn apart that church, which he doesn't do. Um, but instead, he comes in making a request of his brother. And um, his brother turns it down. Like, does Echo really think that there is a chance that his brother was like, yeah, all right, more vaccines for the people. That sounds good. Let's get these drugs out of our country. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was trying to sell it to him. He was showing him, oh, this would be the benefit to you and the things that you want. You know, if you just I, I feel like out. he made a pretty good case. Yeah. Mm. Like he's like, we get rid of drugs so our people aren't doing them. And here's money so that you can buy vaccines that we desperately need to help our people. And Yemi is not buying this, not even a little bit, until his hand is forced later in the episode where he's forced to choose between his house of worship and uh, and and doing this thing that, that he does not agree with. Oh, even, even with that, he's not the one who's trafficking the drugs out. All he's doing, and Echo makes sure to point this out to him, he's like, all you're doing is putting your name on a piece of paper. Now, that is interesting. Like, he, he basically, like, tries to make his brother feel like his hands are clean. Right. Yeah. I mean, this uh, this is what I'm here for. Like, this is what I feel like the show is like. Like, we've talked about it before. Where the show is like cooking on all, you know, it's cooking on all fire. It's firing on all cylinders, all this stuff. But like, uh, I feel like this is this is great because we get to see not only Echo have to have to struggle with whatever Echo has become and what he what he what he reflects upon while he's on the island, but we also get to see Yemi have to make a really difficult decision, being a priest where he's you know he's uh he's standing before the guy that had what saved his life uh, saved his young life yeah. saved him from a life of being a child soldier yeah 
<laughs> what would have stopped those marauders from like just taking another villager and like giving the gun back to Yemi? Yeah. Like, all right, we need two soldiers. So. Yeah. We're just throwing them in the back of their truck anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like uh, they stopped with uh, Echo just because they're just like, oh, we just needed to make sure that we had one that was like not going to be like, oh, I'm a pacifist. I don't uh, want to yeah. kill. Mm-hmm. Like, they might have just rolled up to another village after after that, and they're just like, all right, let's see what we get over here. Yeah. Maybe the kids will all fight over the gun. Yeah. Yeah. This is... They this already is... made their quota for the day. They just needed one. Yeah. I this mean, is... there was a bunch of them in the, in the vehicle, and yeah. it wasn't a big vehicle. This is... Okay, this is tangential. Tangent? I can't say the word. You guys tangerine? know what I'm saying. This tangential? Is, this, is, this is tangerine. <laughs> Dave had it's it. It's tangerinal. It's tangerinal <laughs> to the to the conversation. But you guys ever remember that uh, that movie that happened maybe in the early two thousands with um, uh, Ice Cube uh, and Elizabeth Hurley? No, in, in Inception guy. Um, Wait, what movie had Ice Cube and Elizabeth Hurley? Uh, I believe that was called On Dangerous Ground. Oh, yeah. well, I was thinking about oh crap. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I surely have my ideas formulated before I start spitting them out. <laughs> um, uh, Blood Diamond with... Um, oh, yeah. What's Leo his face? Leo DiCaprio? Yeah. Leo DiCaprio, right. Do you guys remember that seeing that movie? Yeah. I don't remember a lot about it. I, I don't a remember weird accent. But there is a there is a scene where, like, I guess Leonardo DiCaprio ends up pairing up with the guy that, that, that has hidden a Blood Diamond, which is um, uh, that African actor, Jujo or something. I forget his name. But, like... Yeah. Um, Jimon Hansu? That's, like, yeah. that's the guy. Yeah, so like um, his son in the movie ends up get, getting taken by like a, a marauding militia, mm-hmm. and in that film, it's crazy because like they um, they put this boy through a lot of psychological breakdown. They tell him that his family doesn't love him, and they tell him that his mom and dad isn't, you know, they don't care for him. So there's a lot of like, you know, they they make these kids do this horrible thing, and like they make them kill, and then also too they 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 break them down mentally, and like you know, in order to like build them back into these consciousless you know murder soldiers or whatever that they need for right. for their little their little outpost or yeah. whatever it's crazy but um i don't know i was just thinking about the parallels between that movie and what we saw tonight which is like brief so they didn't spend a whole lot of time but it was enough for us to kind of uh to to make that connection or like um where yemi even kind of puts it to echo he says like you know there's you know there's no real forgiveness for you or something along those lines and then, um, you know, but, but he kind of puts it out to him in that way. So you can imagine that, like, Echo, from that moment he kills that man as a child, like, and he has that, that cross on. And that cross plays, like, a big role in the yeah. whole episode. It's a physical it's a physical thing that keeps showing up in the episode. But I feel like, you know, that's, that's for us to imagine as maybe Echo's faith. It gets torn from him, ripped off his neck in the first scene. Mm-hmm. And then we see it get placed back on him at the end of the episode, which I found was like really effective. But that, that seems really cool. The Ice Cube Elizabeth Hurley movie is not on Dangerous Ground. It's just called Dangerous Ground. Ah, uh, Ice Cube uh, was apparently an anti-apartheid activist who was forced to leave South Africa and then returns home for his father's funeral. And... Uh, he finds out uh, his uh, youngest brother is all pissed off, and the middle child is a coke dealer who's working for Ving Rhames, and uh, the youngest brother is what dating is Elizabeth movie? Hurley. Hmm. Uh, 1997. Oh. Holy shit. I kind of want to see that. <laughs> I mean, Ice Cube 
Elizabeth Hurley, Ving Rhames. How are you gonna go yeah. wrong? It sounds real good. <laughs> that's very that's as that's as nineties yeah. ninety seven as you can get. Like those guys are like probably at the top. That's like right after um Pulp uh, Fiction. Fucking, well, yeah. Pulp Fiction for sure. And then like that that fucking snake movie with J Lo and uh um, Anaconda. Anaconda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Elizabeth Hurley, who was you know she was she was around back in the nineties. Yeah, Austin Powers, Austin Powers, uh, Austin Powers. There's that one with uh, the Brendan remake. Fraser. Yeah, yeah. the Brendan Fraser. Dazzled. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a really fun movie. <laughs> I I I I um I kind of like that movie. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was I thought it was great. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of symbolism in this and. Uh, one of the one of the other things that I really enjoyed with the episode is I I I felt like uh, I felt like Echo sort of took responsibility for the things that he did, and uh, the brother definitely always took responsibility for what he did. Uh, so paralleling that with uh, Charlie's relationship oh, to yeah. his brother, yeah. where uh, Charlie's like, I, I only became addicted because of my brother. It's, it's, it's all his fault, where he's not owning a single that. thing that he does. And, like, you could kind of see the show's trying to sort of draw a parallel between Echo, who's not, like, completely owning his actions, but he kind of is. Yeah. And then just seeing Charlie as just completely just, like, trying to blame it on other people yeah yeah uh you're yeah i that that scene struck at me too like it really it it kind of it kind of built that into my mind where um like you said you said like oh yeah well you know i wasn't always an addict and you could see it that like it's almost like he's trying to convince echo that you know i'm a good person and that's essentially the argument that people try to make with the idea of being a religious person not being a person of faith or whatever but being a religious person because like that's somehow supposed to tie you into being a good person because you're you're part of a thing that observes morals and everything and and we know that um you know that's not always the case and in this particular case you're right like you can still be a fucking asshole that goes to church every sunday of course oh yeah yeah. those things those that happens all the time like you know but yeah, like, and I love that. I love that that parallel, that 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 contrast that we get in between those two characters. Because, yeah, they were put together too, and you could see Echo having a reaction to to Charlie in those moments too, where he was putting it on his brother, and he's you know, and and again, Charlie's not taking any responsibility for his actions or his part in it, you know. Do, I guess, do you feel hmm. like Echo was just completely trying to absolve himself by saying, "Oh, I did it to save you." In the in this episode, yeah, I think I think that's for people for different ones that have like a very close kinship or friendship with someone, or I guess in some other ways you could say that there could be even a deeper thing with with maybe siblings. I think siblings know what buttons to push on their siblings to mm-hmm. you know to to draw out a reaction, and I think in that moment, Echo was probably you know he was probably being made to feel guilty by his brother yemi he says i I've, i don't you know i know you're not around here but I, i've heard about you and i've heard what you're doing and all this kind of stuff and um and that's normally what you would find in religion well, well i don't know in this particular case you find that with yemi where like he's i don't think i don't think yemi's thinking that he's being pious or or you know or weird about it I, I think he's just thinking like oh as a priest this is how i you know gotta call it out but but then echo also 
he doesn't shy back and he and he knows in his mind or he has a belief in his mind that he has one thing that he could always point to that's when in those moments that's when he tells yummy he's like well you know was what i did a sin sparing your life or you know the life that you've lived after this is that is you know is there any forgiveness for that or or i forget what the wording was right yeah that that was like the thing where i can see an argument for like oh he's just you know he's throwing it in his brother's face trying to uh, absolve himself of responsibility for having done that I, I i felt like watching that he was taking credit for it and he was saying that was a good thing i did yeah, yeah. because of me you're now a priest mm-hmm. so right. what if that's the thing that like echo clings to i like, think it is yeah because that's how they build him up in this right, episode yeah. right where it's like i do a lot of terrible things i've slit the throats of <laughs> drug dealers and you know but i i you know I, at least i saved my brother once mm-hmm. when we were kids and you could see that come back in that same drug dealer scene where I love that that Echo is this kind of character. He's not a flat villain and he's not just a straight, like he's got some complex stuff going on and he spares the boy. Of course, we know that he spares the boy because it probably reminds him yeah. of his brother and all this stuff. And that boy grows up to be Saeed. <laughs> is that true? No. Maybe. I don't know. The way the show works, it might be. Yeah. 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 That's entirely possible. <laughs> that is very possible. I would have totally believed it. <laughs> like, I like the idea when you combine that scene with him trying to tell his brother, like, oh, you know, here's here's the money for the vaccines. Uh, you know, I want, I need you to take the drugs out of here, but I'm going to give you money for this good thing. Like, I kind of like this idea of, uh, of Echo being this sort of person who's like, yes, I, I do... A lot of bad things but i'm doing all of these bad things to make everything better right yeah yeah i, I like that it also that probably informs a lot on the kind of upbringing that he had after he left that village you know um there is no like all the folks that he were that he seemed to be surrounded with were all ruthless guys and mm. um to communicate or to be in the company of 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 that kind of realm. I mean, you know, the idea of being around warlords and everything, it's a lot of quid pro quo where you're like, yeah, I want this thing, but how can I make sure that I benefit and these other, these others benefit so I can get the thing that I want? So he's probably at that point in his life, like he's probably had to, he's probably had to like measure himself and, and, and do all these things that, that maybe where he had to like cut in some of his other people or, you know, he's, he's, He's got a he's got this ragtag bunch of folks, but you know that that it's a it seems like a they're doing all this all this illegal stuff, right? But then like um, it's not like they have a kinship mm. between each other because he finds the body of the the golden tooth marauder at that plane too, um, but as soon as he finds that that body doesn't have the the cross on it, he kind of immediately you know leaves the body to its own ends until he finds his brother. Um, but there's no real kinship with him and all those other dudes like he had with his brother. The mm-hmm. last relationship that was probably based on any kind of real love before he got shifted off into like Marauderville or yeah. whatever. Yeah, the the funny thing is, uh, like you point out that there's no real like kinship. Uh, he's not reacting as if it were like a friend or someone close to him. But when Charlie asks who that is, he's like, oh, this is the guy who saved my life. Mm. Yeah. That's yes, true. That weird echo way of saying it. Like, oh, this guy kicked me out of a plane for his own profit or whatever. But it 
Saved my life. That's kind of the way that Echo looks at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Echo takes on the the moniker of a priest after this because we see in the episode after this that he was actually living as a priest, right? And and a uh, somewhere else where he was being assigned yeah. to that, that Australia, that case. Australia. That's yeah. right. That's right. And he has that that uh, that dead girl case that he has to go and follow up on or whatever. Or was he going to Australia? Well, the dead girl was in Australia, but I don't know if he was like stationed there. If that was like a he got sent there for that dead girl thing, I don't. Because huh. I know he's talked about being other places too. I think London, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that that would make sense. We we were kind of. Like the thing that that sets Echo on this journey is uh, we get like an innocuous conversation between Echo and Claire, and they're actually speaking about the idea of religion in terms of Charlie. Like where she says that Charlie won't admit that he's religious, and he carries around the statue, and the statue is what sets off this episode too. So another. Also, is he really carrying it around like just in his hand, like when he's walking around fishing and stuff? I know that's, that's a good, weird. That's a good ass question. Well, I mean, obviously he wasn't carrying it around when he went fishing yeah, that's because. True. Uh, it was still at the tent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just uh, you know something that Charlie had, like he brought out of the forest one mm. day and he set it up in the tent by where he was sleeping. And he's just like, yeah, no, this is my Virgin Mary. It <laughs> makes fine. me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> if he has that stash that we, that later goes into the into the uh, the hatch or whatever, if he has that stash, why not keep all the statues in the stash area? Why why tote one around? I think maybe just like as an emergency thing. But he's like, you know what? If I really want to get some heroin, I can just do it right, do it right here. <laughs> do Do we think that he's using? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Okay, because if he was, then it's a real easy explanation why he has the stash and why he has the one statue he carries mm. around. Because one statue that he carries around is one that he uses. Right. And so it's always a different one that he's yeah. carrying around. That's always the best statue is the one that you use. <laughs> you, you don't want statues <laughs> to just sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's great. We we get that scene. Um, and I thought it was a beautiful scene early on in the episode between Claire and Echo. Where they're, before they even start speaking of, um, of uh, Charlie... They, he starts talking to him about baby Aaron. And so he says, oh, Moses' his brother's name. And, and which that this sets off this nice little scene between them. And so he asks, like, why did you name him Aaron? And her response was, like, I just thought it was a nice name. And he, he kind of gives this background on the character, the Bible character of Aaron. Aaron was, was uh, Moses' older brother. And in the Bible, it is also mentioned that like, Moses was not a good public speaker. So he, wasn't, he didn't have... Like nobody knows if he had like a speech impediment, like stuttering oh, or something. But they said that he had an inability to like he wasn't charismatic with crowds, but Aaron was. So he would have his brother with him, and he also had a sister too. But like his his brother would be like the spokesperson for him. Later on, I think that brother went on to get leprosy. I think Ooh. or was struck with leprosy, and so was the sister because they ended up. Um, think making those golden calf idols while moses went up to the to the uh, burning bush to go receive mm. the ten commandments so um that's another that's a little bit more history on the character they don't yeah. go into that in the episode so how long was he up there because it i feel like it takes a long time to make a golden calf idol to make a molten calf like yeah. he must have been up there for some time that thing was huge right it was like a two-story building was it like a uh, was it like a full-on mountain did he climb? Uh, I forget. 
Because um, it's it's referred to as the month, right? I forget exactly where, but I'm sure like there's a lot of our listeners that are probably a little bit more familiar with the exact location. Of- I mean, it didn't look like re- that big when he climbed it on the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like... My my only interpretation of, of Moses was Charlton Heston, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so this whole, like, uh, not charismatic thing, it's blowing my mind. Yeah. Because yeah. Charlton Heston's charismatic as fuck. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do that for the movie. They're like, we can't have our hero being, like, some second fiddle to, like, whatever. But, um, but yeah, that was... I Mount think that Sinai was is uh, where he yeah. got the Ten Commandments. Oh, okay. That's right. How big is Mount Sinai? I probably should have just hit voice <laughs> when I asked that out loud. <laughs> Why are you looking that up? We can we can come back to it. We right after that scene is over, we get my we get Locke changing up the combination locks. For yeah. Seven thousand four hundred and ninety-seven feet. Damn, that's a that sounds pretty big. Like seven thousand? Yeah, that's over a mile. Oh shit. Yeah. Because a mile's like 5,280? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. Huh. Well, we don't know that he went all the way to the top. Right, yeah. He went to like bush. a midsection. Yeah. There's a burning bush there. I see. Yeah, we get we get Locke changing up the combination, and Michael walks in. He's like, hey, what's going on there, Locke? You're changing up the combinations? He's like, yeah. Can't just let anybody in here to scoop up these guns. You know, like you. <laughs> Which he doesn't say exactly, but he heavily implies that. I, or he all but says it. Yeah. I do not care for for the Michael character on the show. I was totally expecting to be like, I'm a father! <laughs> That's my son! He's like, hey man, like Jack comes in at one point in the episode, he's like, hey man, I know we've been going through a lot, but we, we still haven't forgotten about Walt. And I was expecting him to launch into that like right afterwards. <laughs> That's my boy. It's my right as a father. Like what? I'm just. I'm trying to tell you we want to get Walt back too. I did enjoy the uh, little shooting lessons with uh, foreshadowing. Yeah, uh, yeah. With Locke and Michael. Uh, every time I, every time I watched like a TV thing or a movie where they're showing someone how to shoot a gun, and they always say, you know, like. You know, you're breathing and you gently mm. squeeze. Right. Like, I always remember there was a book that I had read a while ago where uh, they were explaining how to how to shoot a gun. And uh, the instructor tells the kid, you got to squeeze it gently like a titty. <laughs> <laughs> so now every time I see someone getting shown how to fire a gun, right. I'm always waiting for someone to say, squeeze, squeeze it gently. It gently. Like, like a titty. A, yeah. That's amazing. I've never squeezed a titty like the way that you're supposed to squeeze a gun. Trigger. <laughs> oh, you never just put like a trigger finger in? Like... Yeah, just the pad of your finger and mm-hmm. breathe out. <laughs> it's an old smooth. That would kill pull. the mood immediately, yeah. I would imagine. You're like, are you, are you trying to shoot my titty <laughs> off? Or are you trying to shoot from my titty? This is all very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like standing on the side of her one eye closed. <laughs> this this is all right. I this reminds me of um. There's a stand up comedian. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. Um, her name is Miss Pat, black lady. She has a joke in her stand up 
about getting her nipple blown off in a drug deal. Oh. It, it is a great bit. <laughs> if, so for any of our listeners, if you guys are down with that, check out Miss Pat. She is hilarious. Right. Has stand-up material about getting her titty blown off. <laughs> Wait, just her nipple or her whole titty? Um, She was in a drug deal and it was, I think they had shot the, I think the, the person had shot her, but she was running away and then she had turned in such a way where it just blew off her nipple or I think or yeah. something like that, but... Yeah, she is. She is a nipple short of the usual number of nipples. <laughs> yeah, this uh, when they were shooting, doing the, the shooting lessons, they were shooting the the big jar of ranch dressing because <laughs> they don't care about food. This show does not give a fuck about food on an island where you would imagine that shit is scarce, especially shit that's gonna like fatten you up. Yeah, like, there's a lot like, of calories in there. Like, come on, man, what are you doing? Like I. You would have expected them to have had like a jar of water or yeah. a coconut. Yeah. Or like a fucking, I don't know, a mango. I don't know. Something yeah. that, that wasn't. Fruit, a- fruit would have been good. Not not a coconut though. Because uh, like I believe like most of the time when you're trying to teach someone how to shoot, oh, yeah. you need to show them how destructive it is. Ah. <laughs> so you want something that's going to explode. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think a twenty-two is going to explode a coconut. Yeah. Holy crap! Because that was that looked like a twenty-two. He was shooting. Yeah, right? it looks a pretty small caliber. Well, that was a tiny one. Yeah. Oh man. Um. But yeah, ranch everywhere. <laughs> ranch all over that place. Like, come on, man, Michael Locke. What are we doing yeah. here? And they they don't know about Hurley's stash at that point. <laughs> yeah. So. They're wasting a precious resource. Everybody is rocking what they <laughs> want in this show. Like this, this unknown island. And I mean, you know, for our purposes of what we're watching it for, for what the stories are, we, you know, whatever. But everybody's got like fucking. They've got heroin up the waz. They got like they have all the food they can explode yeah. with bullets. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and this is even before they know about the the supply drops and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Like they don't know if they're ever gonna get any more ranch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like it's just what a, a salad or fucking pizza night, whatever this island has. It's just like it's gonna be like a few months later, and then Mike and Locke are, are gonna be like, "Oh, can you pass me the ranch for this?" Sal- <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. We had a whole thing of ranch, and now it's all gone. <laughs> it's all gone because you killed it, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you said it's shot. time. Yeah. You said it's time to try a real one, a real <laughs> bullet. I just want to see my boy. That's my son. That's my son. Like, all right. Well, now we're down one big vat of ranch or mayonnaise or whatever the yeah, fuck. We still yeah. don't have your son. <laughs> um, one scene that I really loved in this episode was the standoff, the confrontation we get between Mister Echo and the Smoke Monster, which I found for this episode only it there is some parallels that you can draw between that scene and the initial scene that starts off this episode where essentially echo is facing down death right mm-hmm. like the very the very first moments of the episode is you have this marauding band come to town and they will not hesitate to kill you so at that moment he's like uh, he he takes the life of a of a man in the village and this has got to be traumatic of course it's got to be crazy traumatic for like for a young person to to not only take a life but to take a life by being forced or whatever so this this thing this event happens and it traumatizes echo i'd imagine that the only solace he can hold on to is that he's 
he's he's he's helped spare his brother and we kind of get that with the smoke monster where he doesn't back down just like he doesn't as a kid like he takes that gun like uh, he stands in front of the the smoke monster and, and survives just like he does as a kid yeah. i don't know that's feels Even like with this, everything that he sees yeah and it feels like that's like it's a metaphor in a way for like um I don't know. In this particular case, this particular character, Echo is is someone who who uh, is not a stranger to malevolence and uh, and does not back down even in the face of the supernatural, which I find really dope. That's why Echo has always been one of my favorite yeah. characters on the show. Yeah, because I think when I was seeing that moment again, I was like, oh, this is one of the big reasons why Echo is a lot of people's favorite character. Because he was went face to face with the smoke monster and just and survived. Stared her down. Yeah. Yeah. The first time. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> Which, do we get an explanation, or is there an expl- or is there like a reasoning in the fandom where he survives this time, but it doesn't the second time? Yeah, like the the kind of stuff that I remember hearing is stuff like he was still being judged, like so he still had a choice to make as far as whether or not he was going to repent and those kinds of things. So he was mostly he was like right on the cusp of like, oh, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? He's done all these bad things, but he's also got a probably got a penitent heart or something. So they, he was. It's kind of like the, uh, like the middle place or whatever, and the good place. He was like oh. right there in the line. <laughs> okay, now that you mentioned that, yeah. that reminds me of something else that that the show draws inspiration from, and we see it in the episode tonight. And uh, in the Bible, there's a biblical character named the Apostle Paul. But before he becomes the Apostle Paul, he's known as Saul, and Saul was supposed to be someone that was. Um, he was a uh, very he was uh, he was very anti-christian he had tortured and killed a few christians i think and then i think later on i think if you read uh i don't know what books of the bible it's in but if they they cover it somewhere in the back it's somewhere in the back it's like they're following um the idea of this this person named Saul but i think somehow somewhere along the lines um there's these like it's they equate it to like snake scales fall over this guy's eyes saw and um he becomes blinded and then he gets approached by like an angel and the angel says like oh you're going to become a servant of god or whatever so he goes from being someone that was torturing and killing christians to becoming the apostle paul who had written a few books of the bible which includes like first and second corinthians and i think a few others and uh it's I don't know it's 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 crazy because that guy you can kind of see some parallels between that character and what we see in the Echo character, where it's a person that's that's not unfamiliar with malevolence and murder and and deceit and all that stuff, but ends up being used by God. And in this particular case, we have Echo, and I don't know if Echo they don't ever reference that, but like at the end of this episode, he puts that cross back on and he tells Charlie that he's a priest and and. Charlie is probably asking because the the that plane is burning and maybe they should get last rites or whatever, that kind of thing. And then he ends yeah. up quoting the entirety of chapter twenty three of the Book of Psalm, which yeah. is all that we hear and the montage that plays over. And the montage was actually really good too. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, except for the very end of it, which is. Uh, Claire kicking Charlie out of the tent. <laughs> uh, everything that we see before that is just scenes of fellowship. Yeah. Yeah, like fellowship and community and strengthening bonds. Jin and Son giving a uh, fish to Analysia mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that they had caught, and I think they had cooked it too, or something, right? It looked yeah. like well prepared yeah, fish. Cooked. 
And there's that. What else did we see in that montage? Uh, we saw Kate and... Uh, Sawyer. Sawyer. And then Sawyer's looking at his hair and he's like, yeah, I guess you did a good job, all right, Freckles. And uh, <laughs> Jack rolls in and he's like, hey, take your fucking medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. It but was the thing is everyone's like all smiles. Yeah. Like at that point, like when uh, Jack walked in, I was ready to start muttering my trademark line <laughs> this fucking show. <laughs> but uh you know, he bypassed all of the jealousy or whatever and he was just like, I'm your doctor, giving you medicine. Yeah. Is, yeah, that that was a nice scene. Yeah. It was so wholesome. It yeah. felt wholesome for what the show normally is, which is dark and you know, very mysterious so you're left in the dark on a lot of things you're left with a lot of confusion but in this particular moment they they actually the show doesn't really go out of its way but it kind of plays in nicely to the general theme of the show and the theme the show always grapples with a lot of similar themes in this case redemption versus i don't know being dismissed or being without redemption i don't know absolution versus damnation yeah and i think as part of it it's like like we were saying before, with Charlie's, his whole arc this episode is that he's, Claire's kicking him out and getting getting him out of her life because of this drug thing, and he's just lying about it, and he won't, he won't admit it and take responsibility, yeah, and he, be penitent, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he doesn't doesn't receive any kind of absolution because he doesn't try, right? Yeah, you're right. He, he makes no right. effort, yeah, to be good. And at this, at the end of this episode, he's alone. He's absolutely alone in the woods, and um, the only thing that he has is his stash. So he's, he's, um, you know, h- however he's chosen to approach his time on the island. Now he's without Claire. He's without the baby. He's without that nuclear family that you know that they had made in the aftermath of the plane crash. And he's kind of he's just on the outs, but he has a stash, which I thought was very interesting for them to yeah. close on. That's that's the family he's chosen. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 something that I, I see Lindelof playing with mm-hmm. a lot in a lot of his stuff. Where you know you get what you choose, yeah. or you will. It's not, I don't know if the idea is you reap what you sow, which is you know, those themes are probably in there too. Like he, through his inability to be square or to be straight up, also too, his reasoning seemed like attic reasoning even though if he might yeah. not have been using like i just i don't i don't want to use it i just need it nearby like what was what is the reasoning behind yeah, that it's because part of him wants to use it and doesn't won't let him throw it away because he, he still wants to use it that's interesting yeah. also do you guys think that uh when you die a good a good martyr's death i think and you get your 72 virgins in, in the afterlife it's 72 virgin mary statues full of heroin <laughs> It's just you sitting up there going like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> Man, I wasn't a big, you know, uh, heroin guy on earth. But here in heaven, let's let's do yeah, this thing. There's no addictions in heaven, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Shoot them up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get me the goldenest spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. or, or a carpenter's spoon. <laughs> <laughs> you need to choose wisely. <laughs> Okay, now it's time to start wrapping up. Easter egg corner? Yeah, Easter egg corner. Not a lot in this one. We see that weird cottage in the jungle that we've seen a couple of other times in other countries. It's like Nigeria this time, and another time I think it's Costa Rica where Saeed's like doing habitat. That's for right. Humanity. That's I feel, right. I feel like they saw it in, uh, where's the place that uh, Locke ends up getting sent to? 
Oh, yeah. Turns the wheel. In Tunisia. Tunisia. Yeah. Like, we saw it in Tunisia, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, whether they fix his leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end, whether at that, that airfield, that's Dillingham Airfield, where you go for uh, skydiving. skydiving. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you can go with Skydive Hawaii, the company that I believe has the highest mortality rate of any skydiving yeah. company in Hawaii. When you say mortality rate, I don't know if I'm <laughs> hearing... If I'm understanding correctly, I think they got more bodies than anyone oh. else. But they more dead bodies. Yes. Yeah. Holy shit! I think they just had a crash recently, like what? last year. Yep. Yeah. And they're it still was like solvent. A couple months ago, yeah. they're still solvent as a company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've been god. doing it for a while. They have a very high percentage of not dead people. <laughs> oh my god! Like, imagine having to like having to answer that question as like a person that works there. They're like, oh, so have you guys had any accidents? Yeah. Like, yeah, a, a few, few. but yeah, it's rare. Like, we've been doing this for, like, 12 years yeah. or let whatever. Me give you I don't f- know how long. Let me give you a fraction. 800 successful ones yeah. over 900 unsuccessful. Yeah. You've killed 100 people? <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Yeah. Well, the thing is that that skydriving instructor guy, he gets to say, you know what? Yeah, I mean, it happens. But, like, I've never, in my whole time being here, <laughs> have been in an accident <laughs> like that. Which yeah. makes you feel better. Yeah, because, uh, you know, everyone has a perfect record until yeah, they don't. exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah. yeah, skydiving is one of those things where it's like, you think like, oh, man, this is going to be amazing. Like, there's no way that I'm going to totally die. Or you're one of those people that think, oh, yeah, no, this, this is going to be how I die. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, Kate, okay, I don't know, whenever I think of dying, I always think of what music would be playing in the background, which is... Not a thing. It, like, nobody nobody ever dies. Well, people die to music. But I always think, like, what would be the last fucking song I hear mm. before, like, I, I peace out of this earth? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why that comes into my mind. But I always think, like, if I if I get into a car crash, what the fuck is going to be on my radio yeah. at that moment? Like, what is the last... Wouldn't it suck if you were listening to a podcast when you die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy shit. And it's like you're listening to this podcast when you die. Yeah. And then, please don't die, listeners. <laughs> please, everybody, get home safe. Um, you know, you can, you can blast this up in the car, yeah. but please get home safe. <laughs> we like our listeners live. <laughs> We're not some two for nickel fucking plane uh, skydiving company. <laughs> we want all of our people alive. Yeah, also, Judy Chamness, I think, was in this episode. I'm not oh. sure. Was oh, she wearing oh. the same costume? Like One, same? One other thing about Dillingham Airfield, yeah. uh, I believe that uh, there's a sign there that says that it is a nude beach. Yeah. <laughs> like, legally, nice. you are allowed to be naked there. I don't understand the concept of a nude beach in America. Yeah. Like, I get it, what it is. Yeah, but... you know, tan lines. Okay, wait, so how does, how, how does that skirt around public decency laws or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> it's the, if you if you like post it up and be like this is the place to do it then anyone who would be offended by it shouldn't go there that's and a good point for some reason that's allowed right there i don't know it's amazing it'll be crazy if like everybody was naked and there's just like a <laughs> it was a family of four yeah it's kind of like how they have the they have the no smoking rule but then there's a handful of bars where you can go in and smoke and everyone just knows that that's where you go to smoke. That's great. Speaking of, uh, you know, tools now, uh, you are not allowed to yeah, smoke in the I front bar. Yeah. yeah. Damn. I remember, I'm old enough to remember being like a kid and going to Zippy's, which is a well-known restaurant in Hawaii. And there was like the restaurant side, there was like a smoking side and a non-smoking yeah. side. I always thought that was like, 
don't know. Somehow my mind reaches back to that. I was like, I remember when Zippy's had a smoking section. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Judy Shamness, I think, was in this episode. She's wearing a teal tank top, which I think I've seen before on someone else that confused me, so it might be some other actress with a similar body type. I'm not sure. So I'll put the picture on our, on the episode page online. Listeners, tell me what you think. We gotta know Hashtag, Judy Shamness. Is it Judy? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Judy put on Instagram. Or not Judy. <laughs> Judge this Judy. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we found it. It's that's perfect. Sometimes you just got a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all the Easter eggs I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what have you guys been getting lost in this this recently? I I've been uh, lost in uh, the new fall television season, yeah. and I've been watching a lot of shows on the CW. Uh, that is the cw network yeah. not watching things on myself <laughs> they did name it after you though. yes uh, and i'm always going to be grateful to warner brothers for that <laughs> but uh, i've been watching uh batwoman and supergirl and arrow and flash and uh things are uh just as good as you would expect uh television programs on the cw to be <laughs> uh which means that if you like them probably gonna like them if you don't, probably not going to like them. <laughs> but I tend to like them. Nice. Um, I've been getting lost in... Uh, we were talking about it right before we started recording. Was um, There's a show on Netflix, and if anybody's really into hip-hop, rap, or any of that stuff, there is, like, I don't know, there's a show for you on, on Netflix. It's called Rhythm and Flow, and I've been getting lost in that. So they, like, <laughs> released it in these three-episode chunks. So each episode is, like, an hour and they released like three episodes one week, and then the following Tuesday there's another three episodes. And they just concluded their finale, I think, yesterday with some newly with the last released three episodes. But it's a dope ass show. So you have your three judges, which are you know they they have their own following in hip hop, which is Chance the Rapper, Chicago Rapper, Cardi B from New York, and then Ti from the South in Atlanta. But um, they start gathering all these all these uh, younger talented people to uh to be a part of this show so the show has like rap ciphers and battle raps and there's like um they get to team up with their favorite producer later on in the show they get paired up with actual celebrities so there's like some of these kids performing with miguel and like Janae eichel it's crazy but it's a it's a dope ass show but i, I was really digging it and they just had their finale but if you if you, if you dig hip-hop check it out it's it's that thing has been blowing my mind uh tangential or tangerinal to uh <laughs> that recommendation has chance the rapper started acting yet um he was in this paul sheer movie that came out maybe mm. is he credited a... as chance the actor <laughs> oh that would be amazing that should be that should be his sag yeah because i know ti acts he's in ant-man mm. yeah and uh cardi b is in the new fast and the furious huh. or she's going to be what in, yeah interesting i don't think it's going to be like a big thing it's probably going to be uh slightly larger of a role than Iggy Azalea had in Fast 7. Interesting. Um, well, I know he was, it was called Zombie Pizza or Pizza Zombie. <laughs> it, that's, I think that's the only thing I saw Chance the Rapper. He plays a werewolf in it. But it's like, there's zombies, Chance the Rapper is a werewolf, and then there's like, Paul Shear is like the owner of this pizza <laughs> shop. It's a, it's, it's a very, awesome. I think, I think you can find it on Amazon Prime, right. maybe. But I think it's called Zombie Pizza or something like that. 
But yeah. it's everybody teaming up against zombies. And if, if there's a character named Pete who becomes a zombie, <laughs> then Pizza Zombie would be a good... Uh, uh, is that a pun or a double entendre? Yes, that's a, I would think of it more as a pun. Okay. Yeah, because... But it could be both. Because yeah. it's Pizza Zombie. Pizza, pizza zombie. Space Zombie. And Pizza Zombie. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So Google that and watch it. What you been getting lost in, Dave? I've been getting lost in um, low-budget monster movies filmed on Kauai. Wait, what? So, Specifically yeah. on Explain Kauai? Explain yourself. I found two. Oh, wow. One, it's, I think it's Super Croc versus Dino Gator. My? Oh, shit. Something like that. One of those sci-fi channel shows. One of those asylum pictures things. Yeah. And then amazing. the other one is uh, Piranaconda. Yes. Oh. oh, I remember that name. I've heard That's a that name, name. I haven't heard yes. in years. Yeah. Oh my god! And it has Michael Madsen from uh, Reservoir Dogs in it. Oh my god! Yeah. Real quick, like give us a quick <laughs> synopsis of Super of... Croc versus Titanoboa. No. Uh, Super Croc versus Spinosaurus. No. Super Croc Some versus kind of... Megalodon. No, it's a dinosaur or something dinosaur related. Dino. Dino, uh, Dino Croc versus Super Gator. That's it. Dino yeah. Croc. Oh my god! And they, wait, these are shot on Kauai specifically. Yeah. What? Like the opening credits are just shots of like up and down like the Nepali coast and Holy stuff. Holy shit! Yeah. That's incredible. I know that uh, like I'd watched some of the first Dino Croc. That one uh, I don't know where it was filmed, <laughs> but uh, the location was like uh, Mexico, maybe uh, like Baja, I right. would guess. Damn. Yeah. Because there's a uh, there's scene where there's someone surfing and then uh it's just like this extended sequence of this dude surfing <laughs> and then all of a sudden dino croc eats him nice <laughs> yeah the the monsters eating people is not very satisfying it's uh yeah because uh they, they're not like tearing them to pieces yeah. or anything it's just like boom. yeah oh, wait what it's are we watching like are we watching like practical monsters no it's we... all cgi no, it's, it's all bad cgi yeah, it's oh bad CGI. man Oh man! It, right. it it looks slightly better than the submarine. <laughs> Is it better than the the shark with the the Dharma logo on it? Or? No. What? <laughs> oh damn! That's like that's like claymation style. It's like yeah. Clay Fighter Super Nintendo <laughs> graphics. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, but they're fun to watch. I've I've been getting into those. Yeah. So if anyone knows of any more, please tweet them at me with hashtag uh, Kawaii Monster Movies. <laughs> If if they have like a regular thing that they do over there, uh, that would also be great if you could just let us know that. Yeah. So that we can meet the minds well, yeah. behind Asylum Pictures. <laughs> Possibly I... ask them to be on our podcast. See, now I'm fascinated by this whole thing. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah, because with those two, they use a lot of the same locations and actually one of the same actors. Oh. Who, uh, in one of them, I think it's in the, the Dino Crack one, Where... who plays the Cajun, who's like a cajun tracker swamp tracker guy but has does not have a cajun accent at all oh my god when you say doesn't have a cajun accent at all do you mean like literally doesn't even try not even trying okay but he's he got like, like the cowboy hat with the gator teeth on it and <laughs> he's the got a new yorker accent vest yeah no because i was just thinking like is it is it like a bad accent like uh when taylor kish was trying <laughs> to do the cajun accent in uh wolverine yeah. origin or is it just like no, not even going to no. fucking try. I think he saw that his character's name was The Cajun. I was like, oh, that's a fun name. 
I never thought that, that there was an accent that goes along with it. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, so that's what I've been getting lost in. Perfect. So it's time for our untitled uh, Chad's predictions for next week. All right, um, Chad. Last week you th- thought this was going to be a lock episode, and it was not, so mm-hmm. zero points for that. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I didn't <laughs> think, oh, Psalm 23, that should be an episode about the fucking priest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The title of our next episode, this is, this is going to be a gimme for you, Chad. Yeah, oh, it's a lock episode. <laughs> the title of this episode is going to be entitled... Not Without My Kidney. Not Without My... No. It's entitled, What Kate Did. Oh. I think we saw What Kate Does, which is another episode oh. title. Mm-hmm. But this one is entitled, What Kate Did. So who do you think oh. this is about? Uh... This is about Kate lighting her dad on fire. I would, I would imagine so. Like, yeah, that was the thing she did. Because that's what she did. Yeah. Man, what else did she do? She just, she just burned up a dude. Yeah. Like, uh, and she then, never feels bad about it. <laughs> Which makes us, it makes me think that um, homegirl, we're dealing with a fucking sociopath. Yeah. It's like she just follows people around and tracks them. That that's a movie in itself. <laughs> like you could totally do like a Kate Austin sociopath yeah. type of thing. But you know, but is is that is that guy worth? Does she feeling? hurt people who do, don't deserve it though? Oh, because her father was abusive. Right. Yeah. That's a good ass question. No, we'll have, I we'll mean, have she see. breaks the heart of people that don't deserve it. Yeah, all it. the time. Yeah. But she doesn't like. She didn't like Captain Mal on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goddamn! All right. Well, we're gonna have to find out next week and what Kate did. did. Yeah. Not okay. to be confused with what Kate does, which yeah. is. Very interesting for episode titles. Or, uh, you know, the, uh, the spinoff of Lost, What Kate Do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's where, um, I think that's that's uh, the follow-up to Lost, where Kate comes back as one of the Oceanic Six, or comes back as one of the final survivors, and just starts teaching in a, um, in a urban like high school yeah dangerous mind exactly (laughs) (laughs) and it's called what kate do (laughs) all right everybody thank you so much for listening you want to see more about what we're doing and uh the things that we talk about check out our instagram our twitter facebook just search for what's up with that bro podcast or what bro pod you'll find us yeah yeah you can find us individually if you want to you can find us on the street too um Oh yeah! If you want to see my ice cream pictures, they're on Instagram now at DKJ the number four breakfast instead of Twitter because that's a it's a weird place to be posting pictures every day <laughs> instead of Instagram, which is kind of made for that. Nice. So, yeah. um, what was the anniversary that you just celebrated? Uh, six. This is year six now. Nice. All right. So six years yeah. of ice cream for breakfast. That's that's amazing. And there's like it's all documented <laughs> through yeah. the world of Twitter. Which is great. And yeah. now Instagram. And now Instagram. Now Instagram. And then one we day, take a it book. over. <laughs> <laughs> if I get to a million days, we'll make a book out of it. Wait, how many days is it? How many years is a million days? Uh, I don't know. One three hundred sixty fourth of a million, which is still hundreds of thousands. No, thousands. Thousands of years. How many days has it been so far? Uh, 1,862. Holy shit. Yeah, like. You're going to be that celebrating. That would be uh, 2,739.7 calendar years. Yeah, there you go. So maybe not a million. <laughs> I don't think that you're going to get to a million days. <laughs> Has anybody eaten a million of anything? Well, maybe rice. Yeah, probably. How, how many years is 10,000 days? Because <laughs> that's, that, that's a good yeah. round number. That's what, 1% of that? 
So to, a, a ten thousand? Twenty years? Ish. So wait, what happens? Like, okay, say say the twenty years has come. You right. hit your ten thousand. Twenty-seven point three seven nine calendar years. Do you, do you like That's hang terrible. up? Do you hang up the gloves? I mean, no. He's like, well, I'm gonna make a book. I'm gonna get it printed. <laughs> yeah, but once uh, once you're done with the book, then what? Oh, do you do you just keep going? I figure I have to. <laughs> it's at that point you just like dematerialize yeah. and you become one with the world, <laughs> one with the universe. <laughs> Be more ice cream than man by that. <laughs> the first ten thousand days of ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. You could option that into yeah. a movie. Like it would be like Julie and Julia. There'd be a, another <laughs> dude twenty years from now that'll be following your ice cream paids. I just came up with that. <laughs> yes, yeah. ice cream paids. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week for what Kate did. It's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost.